Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios. We are part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz 2106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. I am your host, Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Jacob Davis, and our broadcast is brought to you by BetOnline. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup, players, news, game trends at BetOnline. Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And speaking of games, uh, get the sweep. Arkansas gets a sweep over Mississippi State uh, at on the road. Um, well needed. I mean, you know, it's crazy how we look back at the Missouri State loss, the Little Rock loss, the Limpscomb loss, and they, each time they've bounced back. You bounce back again with a sweep, moving you to 36-12 and 12 and 17-7 and 7 overall, heading into your last two weekends away. And we were talking about the softball already being at the SEC tournament. Jacob, it's crazy that th- there's only two more weekends left in the baseball season, and th- they're shaping up to look pretty good and and – Number one in the West. Yeah, so, man, it's just been crazy because I saw a lot of people that they were putting LSU as like, hey, they're not, they're, they're going to take care of Auburn, they're going to remain the number one team. Like, there was actual people in the Arkansas media, I can't remember who said it, but there was actual Arkansas media people that were saying, you know, LSU, there's no way Arkansas is going to catch LSU, they're just too far back. And then LSU slips up two games, Auburn wins the series, Arkansas is leading. Uh, the SEC West. So that's huge. And they're also tied with Vanderbilt for number one in the SEC. That's huge. They're doing it with a bunch of guys that you never heard of because of all the injuries. And it just, it they're getting to stride at the right time with a bunch of different guys. Yeah. And it's awesome to see if, that. If happen. you get that one or two seed in the SEC tournament, you know, that that's huge because what do we talk about? The bigger you are when you're heading and peeking into the SEC tournament, the less that that means anything. You're playing with half a team, all these guys that are injured, and you're having the success you are. Luckily, you get South Carolina at home. They got swept this weekend. They started off – it's kind of like an opposite of Arkansas. You know, they started off hot. And now they're gradually starting to just – their pitching's falling apart. You know, they're just not coming through. And, again, it could be part of their schedule. I don't know really without deep diving into their schedule on who, what series they had and who and where, but – you're getting Arkansas at the right time, and Arkansas is getting South Carolina at the right time on the downward trend. That really helps you. If you were to win that series, I'm not saying you have to sweep South Carolina, but you take the series over South Carolina heading into that last weekend at Vandy, that takes a lot of pressure on your seeding when it comes to the SEC tournament and where you're locked when it comes into regional and super regional. Yeah, we don't have to hear the belly aching this week because there's no midweek game to lose. So there was a, you know, when they were playing Lipscomb, Lipscomb, I mean, they they hung with Arkansas, started out early uh, ahead, and then Lipscomb battled their way back because Arkansas's pitching was, and they just were never able to capitalize. Arkansas wasn't, but this weekend you had Kendall Diggs. I mean, just a completely just 
He terrorized Mississippi State, not just uh, on Saturday, but today. You talk about Jace Borfin, a guy that that you you seldom heard about last year, was kind of like a, a, a forgotten piece of the puzzle. This year, he's nearly batting 400, and he's a, a team leading uh, the team leader on home runs. You think about Brady Slavis, a guy that hit opposite field home run. He is the team leader, the heart and soul of this roster, and 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 you just keep naming these guys. You talk about uh, the Neville kid that played left field. You talk about uh, having to move guys over because Josenberger's hurt, having to move guys over because Wagner's hurt. Like there's, it's just amazing to see. This is the best coaching job. And I thought uh, the best coaching job DVH ever did was a couple of years ago when when he had like Kevin Copps and nobody else in the in the rotation. This may be deep top to bottom. This is the best coaching job that Van Horn's done because this team had every right to just pack it up and and, and go home and and not salvage the rest of the season. These guys have taken it and uh, by taking the bull by the horns, and they are now leading the SEC. That is an incredible job, and bravo to Dave Van Horn for, think, for rallying these troops. I think this is a true testament of the the, the baseball program. Yeah. Razorback fans, I mean, you can look at your track program and just expect national championships and all that, but we're not used to re- reloading and reloading and reloading and reloading. I think I touched on it a little bit last week. You know, you, you hear the name Robert Moore, you hear Kerstad, you know, you hear Cops, you hear, you know, Knight, you know, hear all the pitchers that you've had, and you've named like one or two big star guys off each team. This team is a bunch of grinders. And the fact that you have a team top to bottom, this is what is happening when you're building a true, like you're elite. This is what happens when you're elite. Arkansas, other, I mean, you could say baseball the last four or five, six years have been an elite program, but now you're really seeing the reaps and the rewards of having an elite program. You look at what we could wish we could have in football. You look at what we wish we could have in basketball. You're, you're getting it in baseball. And, and it's taken till now you're like, we're playing with half of the team. But when you look at it, look what Alabama's done in football. Look what Kentucky and Kansas and the Blue Bloods and Gonzaga's done in basketball. They get a couple of guys hurt. They just keep on riding trucking and keep on plugging in All-Americans. That's what Arkansas is doing now. So to us and the fans and some people, they could see this as a surprise and something standing out. But those guys in that locker room and that guys on those staff are like, hey, this is what we've built. It doesn't matter if you're the first guy or you're the 23rd guy. It's a business-like approach, and we want to come in and win every series. And I'll tell you what, I mean, this was an impressive win. I mean, it, it, I don't care where you're at. Look, you got beat by Georgia, who was the worst team in the East. And you turn around now and you're playing and you're sweeping Mississippi State on the road. And, and we could talk about the record, 12-1 and one since 2019. And you said it was, what, 1,824 days. <laughs> Since yes. they last lost in Starkville. And you look at it now, you're like, okay. I mean, Diggs, I mean, we could have scheduled a tweet for him to hit a home run and for run batted in. It was just every time Mississippi State, and this is what point I want to make, and I'll turn it over to you. This is where you could tell a team is an elite team. Anytime Mississippi State tried to mount a comeback, tried to get back in the game, Arkansas shut the door on the road and kept it and won 10-4, was 11-6 today, you know. So that just shows you this team is peaking at the right and wait till they get all their guys back full strength 
come regional, super regional, this could be, I mean, this is going to be a scary team. Yeah, absolutely. And and just to think about it, like they're hitting their stride at the right time. You don't want to hit your stride in, in early February, uh, in, in March. Like this is the right time for this team to hit on all cylinders. Because just like last season where, I mean, Arkansas was just in limbo for the majority of the S- uh, mid-SEC play till the end. Like they went, what were they, one and done in the SEC tournament? And oh. then uh, and, and then they just make their run where they play 16 straight games away from Fayetteville. And they they go out there and they take the uh, regional at Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. And then they go on the road and and uh, who, who do they play? It was North Carolina to get to the College World Series last season. And then every single game, it was just them causing it was them against the world, man. And that is that they had a chip on their shoulder. This team wants to prove themselves. And that's what's so cool. It's like these guys that I had never even heard of. I mean, I knew Neville was on the roster, but I mean, okay. I mean, he, he played well. And you, you think about the Ben McLaughlin. I knew he was on the roster, but he's making a name, a name for himself. John Bolton, a guy that's not even hitting 200. But here in the past couple of weeks, the guy's finding himself on base. Like, Every single guy is playing their role up to the point of of masterfully. Like they're playing it masterfully, and and it's just a, it's cool to watch uh, guys that are just breaking through and, and and playing their role at a max level. Well, here's here's the thing that it's going to blow your mind when we talk about the the team and the roster. This team's played forty eight games. How many guys have played all 48 games? Well, I've got the stats pulled up right now. And, None. Uh, None. You've got one guy, Jace Borfin. He played 47 of the 48. 47? Oh, 47 of the 48. Oh. But what I'm getting None. at is the fact that not one player has played all 48 games. You, you look at how much Arkansas relied on Kevin Copps. You know, you, you, you see the names of – Robert Moore and Slavens and all these guys, you know, you're wanting – when they come up to bat, you're relying on them to get you a hit or an RBI or a home run. Top to bottom, this team is solid. You know, you've got guys coming in off the bench, you know, look at Harold Cole, you know, 25 games he's played in. Wagner's played in 33. Rowland's played in 33 games. Hudson Polk's played in 22 games. Ben McLaughlin's played in 20. You've got a lot of guys that have played in 20 or more games. So it's not like you go to the bench and these guys haven't played but 10 or 15 games. You've got a lot of guys that are coming through, and you've got your top four hitters that are hitting over 300. Caleb Cowley's, you know, hitting 306. Joseph Berger's 322. Diggs is 329. And Borfin's hitting 370. 373 with 44 RBIs and 13 home runs. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible, incredible top to bottom that this team is doing. And I was thinking about this on the way home from work. It would be a team like this that would win it all. You, you look at all the top teams that have come through, and, of course, the pop fly, and you're almost there, star-studded, all-Americans all up and down your roster. It, it would be, how fitting would it be for a team that's built like this that would end up winning the national championship? Look at Mississippi State when they won it. Weren't they like one of the last teams in, and they ended up going all the way and winning the national championship when they won it? You know? It's all about hitting 
and Arkansas is the one that beat them. They no. swept them in Starkville that season. Yeah, it's and they crazy. still went on to win a championship after starting like I think one and seven and, or two and two and six or something like that in SEC play. The, the That's thing how that Mississippi State ended up being. The thing that kind of worries you is that you wouldn't have to face until you got to Omaha. The way things are going right now, if they play out the season, Arkansas will be a top eight seed. You know, they're six and seven away, and they're two and two in the neutral site. So, you know, at home they're twenty eight and three. They're really good yeah. on the so, and we all know how the schedule at Omaha plays out. So. It just depends on, of course, how strong you get that that pitching rotation. And with Wood coming in and shutting the door, you know, I mean, it's it, that kid, I mean, he, he should be one of the, you know, when you talk about the all-freshman team, definitely should be, you know, on the verge. Five saves, he's a 2.62 ERA. He's had 18 appearances and five saves. I mean, he, he's really turned and you talk about – he started – he's not a freshman anymore. I mean, that kid has no. just come in and earned his stripes and come in and we've talked and talked about him being that Arkansas kid and what he's meant to this team. But just the pitch – and it's crazy. You look at the ERAs of these the, – the pitching staff. You know, Hagen Smith's got a 2.56 ERA and he's 7-1. and one. Dylan Carter's 3.65 ERA and he's 6-0. and oh. So, you look at their ERA and you're like, man, they give up a lot of runs. Your top two guys, top three guys, are 12, 19, and 3. Yeah. Your top three guys in the rotation. And then you could throw Cody Adcock in there. He's 4 and 1. Will McIntyre is 6 and 2. So, I mean, that shows. And he was you solid yesterday. Solid. I mean, it's it, it's crazy the fact, you know, when Hagen Smith's leading the team with 79 strikeouts, and then Hunter Holland's got 50. Well, Will McIntyre's got 54. And then you got Adcock with 40. I mean, it's just. Again, the pitching staff is just like your batting order. Solid, top to bottom. Yeah, they might get touched up, but when you got a lineup like Arkansas has, you could give up. And I think that takes pressure when your pitching staff can count on your offense to get runs. Your offense can pet, you know, count on your pitching staff. And then you got a guy like yeah. Gage Wood to come shut the door. All it does is take the pressure off where you can have more fun and you can win more games. Yeah. I've got D one baseball uh Field a 64 projection right now. Arkansas's uh, got the five seed, uh, so obviously they'll host a regional and a super regional if they get through. Uh, Who's 12 seed? The uh, 12 seed's Oregon. Okay. But listen to listen to this. The Fayetteville Regional. Arkansas has the number one seed. Southeastern Missouri State is the four. Oregon State is the number two. Kansas State is the number three seed. Talk about a loaded regional there. Yeah. Oregon – the Oregon Regional has themselves, Loyola Marymount, Cal State Fullerton, which has been a power in college baseball, if you're familiar with that, and Texas Tech. Seems like the 12th seed got a better draw than the 5th seed. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Oregon State, man, wouldn't that be something if you uh, had to play a best of three series to to go to the Supers? Yeah. I, I mean, mean that's <laughs> But, you know, the thing is, you've got, you've got the team to do it. And all you yeah. got to do is get there. You get to Omaha, and, you, and if you've got a pitching rotation like they've got where you've got a solid four guys that can get you yeah. a win, and then you got, you know, even Zach Morris come in and pitch some good innings today. You know, McLaughlin's come in. 
I mean, you got guys. I mean, Zach Morris come in and got two saves. You know, you've got guys that can come in and produce, and that it's crazy. You say all you got to do is get to Omaha, and, and everything else plays itself out. Yeah, and, and the pool and all yeah. that. It's just I I want Arkansas to get. A, and I've said this and said this and said this. I want Arkansas to get Dave Van Horn a national championship so bad because the guy has put in the work, built this program for 20 years, 20-plus years, and he deserves it. I mean, he deserves a freaking national championship. And if he does, you might as well build the statue tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the statue's, the statue's going to be unveiled the day after Omaha. If he, if he wins the uh, national championship, you'd expect a uh, – a statue there in front of Bob Walker. But, look, I mean, you're talking about pitching here, and I don't really know where I would rank the uh, pitching staff right now because, obviously, I don't feel like they're as great. Like, I feel like they are as good as maybe the 2021 team that did get to the Supers with Kevin Copps. But you think about that uh, that pitching staff. They had Kevin Copps, and it was everybody else. Yeah, That's it. Like, Kevin Cox carried that pitching staff in 2021. You think about the 2018 team, they had three solid pitchers, three star, three solid starters. You had uh, uh, the, the the kid from Bryant, I can't Blaine remember Knight. his name, Blaine Knight, and then you had uh, uh, the, the Casey Murphy and Isaiah uh, um, Campbell. Cam, Isaac Campbell. Isaiah yeah. Campbell, yeah. You had those three guys. And then you, you think about the the guys behind him. It was the guy that uh, was was puffing on his inhaler, and then gets slapped by the coaches, Cody Scroggins. <laughs> yep. Oh man, that guy that guy was that was a solid. I mean, this team is like right in the middle of that, in between those two. Like, I think they're better than the 2021 coaching uh, pitching staff, but I think they're slightly a peg off of the 2018 team. But overall, like the batting order, I think the batting order was a lot stronger at the top. Uh, when the 2018 team played because you had uh, Heston Kerstad, you had Casey Martin as freshman, um, and you had like you had several guys like uh, Jared. Uh, man, I'm going blank on their names, but like the first baseman there, uh, and then there was there was a solid uh, batting order there, but they were they were top heavy. This one you can go up and down one to one to nine, and they're solid. They're solid like. There's nobody there that I feel like, okay, if you're at a bad moment in the game and you need, need a hit, I don't think there's any single person like Will Reed said, Jared Gates, and it was started with a G. Thanks, thanks, Will. Uh, but there's really nobody at, in the batting order that can say, I don't want him up there if the, the game's on the line. Now, now, pitching staff top to bottom. This is a salty top to bottom, but it's hard to sit there and say that is any of these guys better than a Blaine Knight, Isaiah Campbell, and Kevin Cox? We we can't do that. You know, we can't get no. too, that too much of prisoner in a moment. But we've got guys that can come in and shut the door. you got a guy like Gage Wood that can come in, and that's what Kevin Cox was. And then they realized, hey, we can use him two games in the series, and then he yeah. just took over the college baseball nation. You know, it's, it's just like I said just a few minutes ago, with the top to bottom, this is a salty squad. And if you've got four or five of your guys hitting over 300, then you got your pitching staff, you got guys getting you, you know, six, seven wins. You get them in the SEC tournament, and if they want to go on a deep run, but I don't, 
I don't know. I don't want to say they, they're going to go in there to lose it, but they're definitely not going to go in there and waste their pitching, knowing right. that they have regionals and supers because they want to get to Omaha and win it. You know, it. Does, I think you take care of business against South Carolina and you maybe say you win one against Vandy and lose that series. I don't think you can go to Vandy and get swept and then, and then be top five seed. You might get pushed down the lower half. I think no matter what, I mean, I think Arkansas is going to take care of South Carolina, but they got to do that first and foremost. They take care of South Carolina. I think they're a lock for a top eight national seed, no matter what happens in Hoover or against Bandy. That's just how good this team's playing. And again, what we said, you don't want to go into the SEC tournament having to play your hardest in the SEC tournament to get you a national seed or to move up or down. So, yeah. I think they'll be all right uh, as far as the national seeds go because I think they have gained the respect as a program for for years of longevity. I think they're fine. I think they will get a top eight national seed. Uh, I would rather them not end up getting a nine seed because then they'll have to play away from bomb. But I think there's 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 two things in Arkansas's favor is the the longevity of Arkansas under Dave Horn and the atmosphere that Bomb Stadium gives you. I think uh, I think that plays in Arkansas's favor, uh, especially for a national seat. I, I think it's going to take a debacle before before you lose that national seat. That's just the way yeah. Arkansas is playing. I mean, you know, again, you're sitting at. Let me pull up the again the banner. You're thirty six and 12, 17 and seven. So I mean, even if you lose three of them, you're still seventeen and ten. I mean, that three yeah. of the games, or, or you'd be 20 and 10. Two, you know, you'd be 20 and 10 in the SEC. And with how they're playing, you know, plus you never know who, how LSU is going to do. You never know how. So, are do you still have that D1 pulled up? Yeah, I do. Okay, so you're saying Arkansas is the five, they would play a 12. Who is 11 and 13? Who Who is around – that when um, we say that bubble of who's the 11 seed and who's the 13 okay, seed. So Florida is the six seed. Miami is the 11. So Miami, okay. Um, okay, and then I'll pull it up. Uh, Columbia, South Carolina is the fourth seed, uh, and then the Stillwater Regional Oklahoma State is the 13 seed. Could be possibly setting up for another Oklahoma State. You're saying South Carolina is a four seed? Yes. This is last week, though. So this came okay. out on Monday of this past week, <laughs> and so they haven't updated anything yet. Holy so this is before hell. South Carolina got swept. But I, I think the downward trend, though. I mean, our, I mean, they're yeah, they're twenty five yeah. and three. They're nine and eight away. But just the way they've been playing lately, right? I mean, goodness gracious! I don't. I mean, that's going to prove a lot, though, because I mean, it just means that you yeah. can't take next week's series lightly. But, but they did. Uh, they swept Georgia, which is something Arkansas, you know, and then, well, they dropped a game to Mississippi State. I'm trying to see where it fell off. They they hung tight with – and I'll tell you what, they could have won that LSU series. I mean, that's just how good this team was playing at the beginning of April. Their, their third game in that oh, yeah. series got canceled. They lost to Vandy, and then they swept Florida – and then got beat by um, Auburn, but they ended up winning. The they didn't get swept. They uh, got beat by Auburn, and then they got swept by Kentucky. 
and it wasn't even close. They lost seven to three, fourteen to seven, and nine to two. So, again, we can take that for what it's worth when it comes to playing the SEC. But goodness gracious, to get swept like that, there's no way. And if Arkansas, so you can even move Arkansas to a four seed, or you know, that that's going to yeah. be tough when it comes to these last two weekends. Yeah, you would. Uh... You would probably see a different uh, a different regional kind of because South Carolina their regional would have Davidson, Clemson, and Wofford. That is a that's all the aren't all four of those schools and well I mean I know Wofford's in South Carolina isn't it Yeah yeah Wofford is so you'd probably see yeah so you'd probably see Arkansas move up to a four and then probably bring all their. Uh, or at least South Well, East your regionals, State, yeah. your regionals are would stay the same because it's more of a regional. But I was looking at all right, yeah. if the 13 seed got to host, who's who could drop down to the 12 where it could face Arkansas? But you're, I'm also looking. <laughs> South Carolina has Arkansas and Tennessee to end of the season, so it's not getting any any easier for for South Carolina. So they got to play Arkansas and Fayetteville, and they get Tennessee at home the last three games of the season. So yeah, a lot of that. Tennessee's could looking to Tennessee's looking to host too. If they can uh, figure out a way to have a good next two weekends, uh, they are currently the number two seed in the Terry Hot Regional uh, Indiana State hosting. Uh, so they are the number two seed there with Iowa and Central Michigan as the four seeds in the Indiana State Regional. So they uh, they're just on the outside looking in. So if they could they could benefit from a couple of wins uh, down the stretch here. Yeah, and it's shaping out. I mean, you look at the the East, the top four teams are separated by three games. To Kentucky, with their win over South Carolina, is 14 and 10. South Carolina's 14 and 9. Florida's 15 and 9. Vanderbilt's 17 and 7. Arkansas has a matching rubber at 17 and 7. And LSU is 16 and 7. But then the bottom half of the SEC is 11 to 13, 11 to 13, 6 and 18. So the Mississippi schools are 6 and 18, and the Alabama schools are 11 and 13. So the West is kind of slacking a little bit when it comes to the East and the West, but we know that all doesn't matter when it comes to the SEC tournament and pool play. But man, when you told me that they had Carolina as a four seed, I, that was hard for me to believe just the way teams are playing right now. May, a month ago, totally could see it. A month ago, how South oh, yeah. Carolina was playing with LSU and, again, could have won that rubber match game if it not been canceled. But they've just been struggling as late. But they got a, a weekend, a midweek series game against North Florida. So, they'll have a tune-up game before they hit the uh, Fayetteville against North Florida. And the games are at 737 and 3. And I did see that every game is going to be on the SEC Network Plus. So, none of these will be on ESPN. Now, that might be – I don't know how they changed that. Uh, if they do end up changing those during the week on when it comes to maybe bumping one of those up to uh, SEC Network. But all three games will be on SEC Network Plus starting on Friday at 7.30, Saturday at 7, and Sunday at 3 o'clock. So hopefully we're, you know, this time next week we're talking about another sweep. Yeah, I would love it. You know, Arkansas, they, they have momentum on their side right now. They don't have a midweek series to kind of kind of like uh, – uh, dwindle on, but man, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Uh, Tyler Spears says, I think we sweep South Carolina at home. 
will be a deadlock for a national seat at that point. Absolutely. I think you can move up possibly to a top two seat. Yeah. Like that, that is how close it is uh, because the SEC is so strong. Uh, it's going, I mean, Arkansas, uh, if they, if they beat Vanderbilt and they beat South Carolina, that's obviously a top three seed. Maybe Yes. I don't know how, uh, how they can move forward with Wake Forest being the two unless something happens. And then LSU, they, I mean, their matchups are kind of weird because they'll like lose one every now and then, and then they lose to Auburn, who's actually in the field of 64 here. Uh, they're a three seed, I believe. I'm trying to see uh, uh, which regional they were in. Yes, they're in the Miami regional with Army, Indiana, and Auburn. But with uh, their big series winning at LSU this weekend, they might move up. So, so it's 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 interesting to see. Uh, you know, Arkansas did win a game on the road against LSU. Does that uh, does that play a factor into uh, the national seeds? I don't know if if LSU can be pegged down to a two or in Winston uh, or uh, uh, Wake Forest go up the up the seat. I don't know that. Uh, Steve Culver says Wagner going to come back. He should be back. Uh, I think Kevin Bohannon. I don't want to know. If, I don't know. If, I don't know inappropriately. Uh, make him the guy that said it. Somebody on the bus said that Wagner uh, could be back by the end of the season, uh, possibly the Vanderbilt series. Now, if Kevin Bohannon didn't say that, uh, sorry, Cabo, but I, I feel like somebody at the bus did say that, that uh, uh, is an informant for uh, the Razorback baseball team. So yeah, and hopefully I, news is on the way for that. I, and I highly doubt that um, LSU is going to lose their um, national seed because they got Mississippi State and then Georgia to round out the the season. So oh shoot, yeah. no wonder that's so. I mean, but here's the, like I said, it, that's fine because you know what Arkansas has been playing well without that big target on their back. They don't have a guy like Dylan Cruz, you know, and, and the guy at Florida. You know, you don't have that guy that has given you. You know, look like I said, we bring up Cops' name and Campbell and, and Blaine Knight. Yeah. You got those guys that, you know, you rode the team and you had the no, national notoriety of now it's just like I said, it's a bunch of solid dudes. And that's what it's going to take to win the national championship. You know, you don't have, yeah, you're at Arkansas and you're always going to have that target on your back, but it's not as big as it has been. And I think, again, that's going to benefit them. So, you know, you want to be up there in the top five, top four. But you, you don't want to, like I said, you no number one overall seeds won it since what, I, 99, 2000, or long, long, yeah. long time ago. When so, Miami won it, it's like 99. So, but, I mean, so Arkansas sitting in a very, very good spot. And, again, a month ago when, you know, people were saying Dave Van Horde and, you know, and, and the coaching and, you know, all the, the pitching coach and we need to do this and they don't know what they're talking about. Well, you're, you're sitting at the first place in the SEC West. So, I mean, apparently they know a little bit of what they're talking about, and they've been doing it for the past five, six years. So, maybe it's time that, you know, they do drop a Lipscomb game or a Little Rock game or to Missouri State. We kind of just like, hey, look, these are midweek tune-up games. We're looking at the SEC schedule. We're looking at the regional schedules, super regionals in Omaha. That's our goal. And if we got to build that depth up and drop a couple of these midweek games – that's what they do it for, you know. That's how you develop talent. And if you lose these games, as long as you're winning, you know, Lipskin ain't going to affect your SEC seeding, you know. I mean, these little singular games are not going to really – now, if you drop every single one of them, 
yeah, there's a problem. But when it comes to this point in the season, you take care of business when you need to take care of business, and they have. So it just depends on, like I said, what team you get and how well they play these last two weekends. But we are up against a break. After the break, we have some interesting crystal ball news when it comes to the world of basketball, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about that afterwards and see how next year's team could be shaping up. We'll catch you after the break. At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look Attention. as amazing as they taste. A delicious high Shelby ride Taylor Trucking serves all your years. timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking. Having a little bit of technical difficulty. Sorry. So take your daily routine to the next level. Look no yeah. further than Sterling Soap Company. Our handmade soaps, aftershaves, and balms are made with only the finest ingredients that give you the ultimate grooming experience. With a variety of scents to choose from, there's something for everyone. Plus, our products are crafted in small batches to ensure the highest level of quality. So why wait? Visit www. .sterlingsoap.com or visit our retail store at 16 West Walnut Street in Paris, Arkansas shop our collection and discover the difference for yourself upgrade your grooming routine with Sterling Soap Company At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look as amazing as they taste. A delicious, high rye bourbon aged over six years. Fordham Lee is a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. Are you looking for a place to grab a cold drink and some delicious food? Look no further than Arkansas Brewing Company. Located at 201 South 1st Street in beautiful downtown Ozark, our establishment offers a wide selection of craft beers and tasty eats. But what sets us apart is our welcoming atmosphere and friendly staff. At Arkansas Brewing Company, you'll always feel like part of the family. So visit Destiny and Christopher Brockett and staff today and see for yourself what makes us the go-to spot for locals and visitors alike. Arkansas Brewing Company, come for the drinks and stay for the friends. Are you in need of legal representation? Look no further than the law offices of Robertson, Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson. As the oldest law firm in the River Valley, we have been serving our clients for over 100 years with locations in Ozark, Fort Smith, and Springfield. Our experienced team of attorneys provide expert guidance and advocacy in a wide range of legal areas, including personal injury, family law, criminal defense, and more. Trust in our Harris history and experience to get the results you deserve. Contact the law offices of Robertson Beasley, Shipley, and Robinson today at 479-782-8813. That's 479-782-8813. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast. J. 
Jacob, uh, before we left, we were talking about uh, some crystal ball news that could be coming our way when it comes to a, a certain star player. And I, I tell you what, if if they end up getting him, <laughs> this team, you were talking about just forgetting who we've lost. I mean, again, this could be on the baseball when we're talking about building a program. I think if they get Holland and you have this kind of staff, could could we – start saying that Musselman's starting to build his program like Dave Van Horn's building his program now. Yeah, I wouldn't even be concerned about ever losing Musselman because he is showing that he can do what Nolan Richardson could do at Arkansas, and that was recruit talent and, and bring in competitive teams. This guy's been the three straight Sweet 16s. It speaks to, him, uh, to, to anybody, to any player. Uh, going and putting guys in the draft. He's already put three guys in the draft. He could add three more this year, even potentially four more, if Jordan Walsh uh, stays in the draft and, and is drafted maybe uh, early second round. You got Ricky Castle. I mean, he could potentially double what he's done already. Ron Holland would be maybe the biggest uh, biggest uh, prospect to commit to Arkansas ever just because of how talented he is. I mean, he's, he is – Truly one of the most gifted players I've ever watched on the hardwood. Guy out of Duncanville, Texas. And Arkansas was in it the first time. It was between Arkansas and Texas. Like, they were right there. And UCLA was a was a close third. But it was Arkansas, Texas the whole time. And I really, in my gut, believe that he wanted to come to Arkansas the first time. And, and, and you know, he decided to stay at his home, home state school and, and play basketball there for a year. And I don't blame him because that's what you would wish any Arkansas kid to do, too. But Ron Holland, Arkansas, he's got a, a crystal ball from Jackson Collier, hog beating on rivals. And then today, uh, about a couple of hours later, Keegan, uh, Keegan Womack from, from Orange Bleed uh, on rivals also placed a future cast for uh, Ron Holland to become a Razorback. So where does this – why why Ron Holland, Arkansas? Just, I mean, the guy wants to win. He wants to compete for a national championship, and he knows that Eric Musselman can put him in the pros and set him up for success like no other coach uh, can around this league. Because Calipari, yeah, he turns them out, but, you know, Eric Musselman is doing it now, and he's doing it the way, uh, his way. And I love seeing what Musselman's doing. And, you know, if Arkansas ends up getting hauling, great. If they don't, it's okay. Because I feel like Arkansas is at a spot right now that they're an attractive place for players uh, to come and have success and flourish in the system. And Ron Holland definitely will flourish in the Arkansas system because of the freedom that he plays with and having a talent like Holland, having Brazil, and potentially maybe a Grant Nelson if he decides to visit Arkansas when he starts. Like, you could have a legit five-out offense and be able to have the spacing that Eric Musselman actually wants on court. Uh, that, that'll be something that would be uh, intriguing to watch over the next few weeks. And so I'm really excited to see what Arkansas does if they can get Holland and, and, and see uh, see what happens there. And and according to two four seven sports, number one player in the nation. That, that's another big yeah. get. You know that would be back to back number one players in the country for Eric Musselman. When has that ever happened at Arkansas? I I, I can't don't not think ever. Never. Yeah. These kids, you you got to realize, you know, you're the uncertainty of you see. How many kids are coming to say? Let's go back to last year, and you see all the guys that come to Arkansas, and you got like uh, like Ron Holland. Well, 
he's got to think, how many of these guys are going to Arkansas is going to leave for the portal? How many of these guys are going to be there? So if he's thinking, well, if four of the five stay, what where's my spot going to be when it comes to starting right away? These, these guys want to start as freshmen, and they should. I mean, you know, when you're, we see what's happened with, you know, look at Nick Smith Jr. and how he was with the team. Anthony Black, how he was. So you're looking at schools. Where can I go in and make the biggest impact? And that's probably why he initially said Texas because he's like, okay, I really want to go to Arkansas. I really want to play with these guys. But you look at Ron Holland and he's from Duncanville. Well, is Anthony Black going to be there? Well, I think he's one and done. I might not want to go to Arkansas because I won't get to play with Anthony Black. So let's go to Texas, stay in my hometown. Now it's come to the fact that He's seen what Anthony Black and, and what Arkansas has been able to do when it comes to producing these guys and getting them to the NBA. He's like, all right, do I want to stay at home or do I want to go to the NBA? Where do I want to be when it comes to my time? Where do, where, who's going to get me to the, that lottery pick? Is it Texas or is it Arkansas? And I'm sorry, this is not a homer bias. This is my honest opinion. There's no other school in the country right now that is preparing lottery picks and preparing these guys for the draft, whether they get picked in the lottery or not, than Arkansas. The staff there at Arkansas is developing these guys and getting them ready, knowing what to expect. You know, and this is not just on the court. This is off the court. The interview process, the grind. This is what it's going to take when you get to that NBA draft combine. They can tell you exactly what's going to happen on day one through day 20 and these kids, of course, the success too. You know, lead eights, the final fours. You know, that's where they want to get this team. And I'm telling you, if this gets to, you know, that point to where they're getting to the final four national championship, you can get anybody you want. You're absolutely right. And you and you look at you look at the Yukons, they're they're becoming more attractive. You, you, North Carolina, they were attractive five, six years ago. They're not nearly as attractive now. The Kansases, they're probably going to, Kansas is probably going to stay there, but you've got the UCLA's that's coming up. Like UCLA's reviving. Uh, you, you look at USC and, and look, they've got the, uh, of course, Ron Hall is not the number one player on ESPN, but uh, ESPN's overall number one players with USC. Like there's, there's teams coming up. That that have been coached by these NBA guys that that know how to get guys to the pros, and that's that's really impressive. They're, these guys are playing within a system, and these systems are are producing guys, and that is that is what's really impressive. You see, in a different group of teams just rise up, and Arkansas just happens to be one of those teams. And and we've been begging and pleading with the Arkansas administration for years, get us a top tier coach. Get us what's going to make us attractive, and and Mike Anderson. Thankfully, Mike Anderson was a guy that you know he won twenty games almost every single year he was here, but he helped make that job more attractive to land a guy that is is as good as Musselman, a guy that's a former NBA guy, a resume that speaks for himself, a guy that's going to be an out of the box hire because he does things different, he does it his own way, and he's made this Arkansas job more attractive. He's made this school more attractive for athletes, and he's making it to where these national, like, like CBS wants to wants to put you on the TV again, like ESPN wants to have you on Mondays and Tuesday nights again. 
something that you haven't been on in, in, in years. You haven't been attractive besides the Kentucky rivalry uh, in years. Like Arkansas is now an attractive place and kids want to play for somebody that's, that's, you know, a place that's attractive. And You're I, talking I really about places that, that are attractive. A good job of that. And he's, as far as I'm concerned, he can stay at Arkansas as long as he wants to. And you're talking about plays that attractive, you know, the best fan base in the country, the best arena in the country, Bud Walton Arena. Now, let, let's th- throw Cameron Indoor. That's on a class of just the nostalgia of Fog Allen yeah. and Cameron Indoor. But I'm talking about the environment. You're not going to get a better environment than Bud Walton Arena. I mean, you've yeah. seen that time and time again with the Kentuckys and the Auburns coming in and the Alabamas coming in. Who doesn't want to play there? And that, again – do you want to go play for a top-tier program that might get you six, seven, eight thousand people in there that might sound rowdy? It's different. I've heard that place when it's seven, eight, nine thousand, and you're, and then you hear it when it's nineteen two, and it's just it is totally deafening between when you got Bud Walton Arena and the top rafters is jam packed, and I mean a guy yeah. like Holland six five or six eight. I mean we know they need one more big. That can really get them to that level where I think they need to go to a Final Four or National Championship. But you cannot help but think if this guy wants to come play this, you know, the roster they could have next year, what that will do for this team. Yeah, and you, and you think about the shooting woes. Arkansas, like their defense has been far and away the best point in the muscle and air. Like every year, you can always depend on Arkansas having a great defense. Okay, their offense has been lacking. Probably outside of the year they first went to the Elite Eight, that's probably been the most fluid offense that Arkansas has had. The last two years, their offense has been way behind, and the defense has been way ahead. This year, you're bringing in a Khalif battle that can absolutely shoot the three. He's like a 38% three-point shooter. You've got Traymond Mark, who's a 35% three-point shooter. You're bringing in uh, Jeremiah Davenport from Cincinnati, who was a 35% three-point shooter. These guys and you're in Holland's looking at these guys like, okay, I got some veteran guards that can shoot the rock. I'm not gonna have to do it all by myself. Like I can I can concentrate on on being my mid-range three guy and then also bully guys down low. Like he's looking at this roster thinking, okay, like you got Keon Minfield that's he was he was a 30% three-point shooter at Washington. And then you got an, uh, another guy that like up and down this roster right now, this is the best shooting roster Arkansas had in their muscle on paper. Yeah, are and they going to be enough? Are they going to be good enough to get to Phoenix for the Final Four? That's yet to be known. But on paper, this team just looks stout. Like you can see, it's instant offense. It's not just going to be built around Trevin Brazil and Nick Smith Jr. anymore. It's going to be built around. Okay, we got five guys on the floor that can shoot at all times. They're all deadly. This is the time for Eric Musselman to have the success and get to the Final Four. Health's going to be a big deal. You know, we've we seen what, what health can do. And, you know, that health turns into people playing out of position. You've seen what Anthony Black, when he was forced to take over that leadership role of the team, opposed to Nick Smith Jr., Trevor Brazil gets hurt. You're having guys step up that might be a six, seven, eight guy. Now they're having to be a five guy. They're having to be a six guy. They're used, you know – you get a whole roster of guys. It looks like we got two or three J.D. Notes, notes coming on this team this year. That's what you need, the depth. If one guy's having an off night, get the other guy in, and he'll, he can produce 20. I mean, we said that before the portal opened up, and they really started getting these guys. We need two guys 
that can come in and get you 17 to 20 a game on any given night. We need those type of players. If you're going to rely on your outside perimeter game, you've got to have three to four guys that can get you 15 to 20 a game. And it doesn't have to be 15, 20 every game, but you've got to have four guys in your lineup that when it comes down to March and April, that you know you can put five guys out there and every five, all five of them is going to get you double digits. That's what yeah. it's going to take if you're going to rely on that outside game and you're going to allow for the fourth year in a row, if you don't get these bigs inside to get bodied, you're going to have to have some guys that can shoot the three because I'm telling you, if they would have had one or two three-point shooters, they could have beat UConn. But when you get out-rebounded and you get bodied inside and you're not hitting your threes – you know, you, you fixed your free throw percentage, last, you know, it's toward the end of the year. you got to get guys not only that can shoot threes, but they can score. Because if you've got to start now when it comes to the defensive side of the ball, if guys know you can shoot threes, they're not going to sit there and just make you beat them on the drive and wait there to get blocks. They're going to respect that you've got gunners outside shooting a three, and it's going to space everything out, just like we said with the football team. If they know you could pass – on top of your run game, they're going to respect both. And that's going to be a big key to seeing how this roster shapes up is, is it going to be a balance to where they have to respect both aspects of Arkansas's offensive game? Because that could also be another factor that plays into them getting the national championship. Yeah, and there's certain situations where Arkansas is going to have to face an elite big man. And it's probably only going to be like two or three times a year. Arkansas can do what they do. Like if you have to play five bouts this year and not have to really have a true big man, you, you may have Makai Mitchell come off the bench, and that might be okay. But And and, and you, if you add Grant Nelson, that's uh, currently in the NBA draft, but also in the transfer portal out of North Dakota State, you add him. He's 6'11", 235 pounds. That could be your crucial big because not only can he play down low, he can also shoot the three, too. So you have five guys that can possibly play uh, free throw line extended. And that, that will help you, especially if you have to come up against a – UConn team that has a guy like Sonogo that pulls him away from the basket that helps you with a five-out offense having to go and, and, and go after uh, uh, long rebounds and stuff, too. That keeps Sonogo away from the basket, gives Arkansas the advantage. So Arkansas has the, I think, in a way, this could be Muslim's best recruiting job because he's knowing he's going out there and getting these proven guys. I mean, whether it's L. Ellis that, that played for a four-win Louisville team but was the focal point of an offense. But he's but he's getting these guys and he's piecing them together saying, okay, this could be it. This could be the roster that I need to get to get to Phoenix for a final four. This could be the the way I'm building it can can take away the advantages of like a guy that like a Sonogo or a Paulo Benchero yep. that uh, played for Duke the season before. Because if you think about it, Baylor didn't necessarily have huge big men. They were just a huge physical team. That, that's just like, they, you know, Tennessee when they had Schofield. You know, they, they yeah. were just – they were men. <laughs> it didn't matter if they were 6'8", 6'9", 6'11". They were inside and they were just bodying and bullying them. And, that, and that's what you – again, it's a trade-off. If, you know, we know what they need. Musselman knows. He knows what he wants to get. He knows what he needs to get. So, you know, and, and he's done a very good job getting – but that, that is a huge difference between the Elite Eight and the Final Four because you're playing – Thursday, Saturday, you get a week off and then you're playing Thursday, Saturday or, or Friday, Sunday, whatever split you're doing, and you're doing that on top of playing a 30, 40-game schedule, I mean, it takes its toll. 
So if you can get, and again, when you take two to three guys out of your lineup, come April, you're just, you're done. You, you know, you're having to play yeah. a very physical game, very fast paced game. That's how, and, and in this era, we, we run into this era thing where there's so many three pointers being shot and the shot clock's not being utilized. There's not set plays where you're getting a lot of rest. You need to make sure you've got 10, 8, 9, 10 guys that can, you can rotate in and out. And your second string, just like we were, again, we were talking about the baseball team. When your eight, nine guys are playing just like your three, four guys, that's going to be where you're going to separate yourself. And with the SEC and you're, you need to get to the top of the SEC again, that's just going to help your seeding. And, again, getting those seeds where it counts and getting that good draw opposed to you're playing in that eight, nine game, that dreaded eight, nine or seven, ten game. Yeah. And, and for those that are listening today or you're, if you're going to download the podcast, like I don't think there's really a worry for that, that comes from fans. Like you don't have to worry if Arkansas doesn't land a big in the portal. Like I think that Muslim is content with who he has. He, he knows what he has. He knows Makai Mitchell's a, a very uh, physical guy. Like he will go after rebounds and stuff. He won't back down from a fight. You know Trevor Brazil. Yeah, he may be able to extend to the three-point line, but he's a 6'10 big man. That that doesn't mind going up and, and skying for rebounds. But you've got Jalen Graham, who who he, he was very productive at, at Arizona State uh, his couple of years there. Now he has an opportunity to go into year two under Musselman and gain the strength and become the player that Musselman wants to do. He, he shot 60% from the field last year. Dude's a walk-in bucket. Like, you have instant offense when he comes on the floor. Like, I don't think there's really a concern for Musselman to get a true big because he has a plan in, in, and, uh, in store for us as far as, okay, this is the offense that I want to run, and, yeah, you're, you're going to have to beat me. He's, yeah. he's going to be athletic, they're going to be fast, and they're going to be able to shoot the ball. Well, that, that's, that's going to be the biggest key, shooting the ball. And, and again, we're getting these guys in here. They're not used to this SEC play. They're not used to the battles. They're not used to and competing against one another. You know, that's the biggest thing, too, because if you're, you know, your second six, seven, eight guy, you want to be the, you know, you want to prove why you're on that team. You want to prove why you need to start. And that's where iron sharpens iron, and you're going to make each other better. I think we're not really going to ever realize just how much the injuries to Brazil and Smith Jr. hurt yes. this team. We're, we're not. We can't because – that just all right. Take uh, take KJ Jefferson and Rocket Sanders out of your lineup, your football team, and then tell them to go finish second or third in the West. It's impossible, you know. I mean, that's just what. But they expect because it's Eric Musselman. They've waited the lead eight. You know, they can just plug and play. So, but it's just. That's what it was when you lost your top two scores off your team last year. Take KJ. Yeah. I mean, you just the year before, take KJ and Traylon Burks off your team, and what would you have had? You know, that, that's what it's going to take for this team to stay healthy, and I think that they're going to, if they stay healthy, they have a chance to, again, top be top one or two in the SEC. Yeah, and you think about it, like they – Alabama has already lost one commitment out of the transfer portal. Uh, who who are they replacing? Because they're obviously going to be in the the Grant Nelson sweepstakes. Kentucky's going to be in that that sweepstakes as well. Like 
the the further we go, I mean, a lot of the best portal prospects have already committed. Yeah. Like there's one or two guys out there that are priority recruits. But, I mean, the portal's pretty much done until, uh, I mean, unless there's another window, and I can't remember if there is. I'm sure there is. But right now, I mean, usually by the early June, Arkansas has got their roster set over the past three years well, yeah, or four years. In their you know, split. some of them so, go overseas and play during the summer. You know, you've got to get yeah. your team locked in because, look, yeah. you know, this this is not like the old days. This is a 365-day-a-year program that's continuing. Yeah. You know, the day after they lose their last game, they're on the road. All right, who can we recruit? You see how they're recruiting right now. Get Holland. Let's get the portal. Let's keep our guys. So it's a continuous, nonstop recruiting, and then you want to get your guys on campus, and then your freshmen come in. So, yeah, it's going to be another great year for Arkansas basketball. And when we get our hopes, you know, up about the players that are coming back and then they decide to leave, but you see where they go, too. And that's the biggest key. Yeah. We remember that in football. We're, oh, these four stars are leaving, but then they're going, like, to North Texas. They're going to SMU, and they're like, you're only as good as your next stop. So now we're in the position where we're getting the number one players in the country and not just the number one players in the state. Yeah, and you got to make room for them. Yeah. If a number one player in the country wants to come to you, you find a way to make room. Like, yeah, definitely. That, that's the thing. Like, if you have a better option – uh, in the transfer portal, you make room. And it's not anything in Musselman's fault. That's how he's done it. He's not only done it here, he's done it in Nevada. That's, yeah. He was the importer at Nevada. Like he, That's what that's when John Rothstein uh, uh, coined the phrase the importer for mm-hmm. Aaron Musselman was when he was at Nevada. And, and, and he played that transfer game perfectly. That was way before the portal. That was when he had to sit. Guys still had to sit a year. Yeah. And it – it's, that's what's crazy is how how Muslim is a trendsetter and he's still at the top of his game right now because he has right now according to two four seven sports he has the number three overall class but they were number one for a moment. Well, and that's that's all the consistency. That's what we want is we want consistency and you know if if he's getting us to elite eights and every now and then we're getting a final four or a national championship and the way things Arkansas is here all he's got to do is get one and he's forever a legend. I mean, let's yeah. let's be real with with how Arkansas fan base is and how the program and the success of the program. He gets one national championship at Arkansas. You could just etch his name right there next to Nolan. You could put his statue up. That's that's what it takes at Arkansas. We talk about Dave Van Horn. If he got a national championship, go ahead and just build the statue in front of Baum Walker. And it's crazy that I say that, and it's not digging in any kind of way, but. That's what this fan base wants. Other than the football national championship, I guarantee you the basketball national championship is second right there below it, and then baseball. And I think baseball might be two because you were that close to getting it. That's the only reason why it would be two. You knew you were right there. You tasted it. It was taken from you. But if you really want to go down the significance of national championships, you get football way beyond – it's in its own tier. Then you got baseball for right now and then basketball. But that will all change if basketball wins one before baseball. Yeah. And the thing is, like, there's a lot of people right now that would sacrifice anybody <laughs> to oh, yeah. go out and win a national championship right now. Some, some would give their firstborn like, child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they would. They would. And that's what's, 
that's what's cool about Arkansas athletics. Like this fan base is so rabid. Like all they want is a winner. And I really hope in our lifetime we will be able to say Arkansas was a winner. I, I think it, between the three, between the three sports, you're definitely going to see a national championship within the next five years. That that's just the what what how everything's building up. Within the next five years, you're going to see a national championship. And, of course, unless things really – I mean, we're, we're really breaking it down between baseball and basketball. Football's just got a long ways to go. And then who they're competing with, with LSU and Alabama and Georgia. You know, it's just the fact that you need a lot more in football than you do of what we got in basketball and baseball. Arkansas is on that cusp of winning a national championship in one of those two sports. And I'm telling you – they win a national championship in either one of those sports. Fayetteville, you might as well just shut Dixon Street down for a week because they're <laughs> going to be partying like it's Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be like 94. <laughs> I don't even know what 94 was like. Oh, it was like nuts. Three years old. <laughs> it was nuts. I mean, it, it was crazy just being able to witness it. And because, you know, and not to get political, but the president at the time was from Arkansas. It was cool to see – you know, President Clinton, you know, sitting there. Yeah. And, and it, it just took Arkansas and then Nolan Richardson to a whole new level. And this was no social media. This was no internet, nothing. There was hardly any of that around. And you're sitting there on top of the country. But it's that's where Arkansas needs, and the fans deserve it. I've said it many, many, many times on my time being with this podcast, is the Arkansas fans deserve a national championship, and, and I definitely see them getting one. Could you imagine hog Twitter? Oh if, yeah. If Arkansas would oh my gosh, it would it would have completely burned down. <laughs> it would completely burn down. Like Twitter, sorry Elon Musk, yeah. but but your your app is about to crash mm-hmm. if that ever happens. Oh. Well, Jacob, you got anything else before we wrap this up? Oh guys, really appreciate y'all tuning in as always. Like us and uh, subscribe to us on uh, Apple or Spotify or iHeartMedia. Uh, wherever you can find us on uh, on any podcast platform. Also, just uh, you can subscribe, even rate us, maybe leave us a review or two. I mean, that'd be cool too. Uh, but, man, just a really good show tonight, guys. Uh, glad you all tuned in. Tune in tomorrow. Uh, we got a pretty good loaded show for, uh, for you for the Women's Sports Report too. Yes, we're going to have Ethan. We didn't have him on tonight. He, he's been really covering the softball team. So we're going to do a preview of the SEC tournament tomorrow with Ethan uh, Arkansas is the four seed coming into the SECU softball tournament, which will be hosted in Fayetteville. Very exciting. That starts on Tuesday. We will be on hand for all the games Arkansas plays in. So definitely tune in tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Me and Ethan will break down the, the season and heading into the SEC tournament, and we'll catch you then. Go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.